You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. All right, what's going on, you guys? The day after Christmas, episode number 43 of the Ron and Don Show, brought to you by Les Schwab. They heard your plea, now you got three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don Show each and every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Get signed up for the newsletter. Thousands of you have done that. Hundreds of thousands of spins now, the Ron and Don Show. We thank you for that. How can you get signed up for the newsletter? We'll stay in touch. Yeah, just go to ronandon.com, click on that radio microphone, and then it's right underneath the really uh, huge picture of me and you. I don't know how to make it smaller. Oh, okay. And our web guy, yeah. uh, I, I don't want to bother him, so it's just a giant picture of us. And then below that, you can sign up and you will uh, get the newsletter every week. And then I'd just love to encourage everybody uh, to help us get the word out of the Ron and Don Show. Subscribe if you haven't already. And if you know someone that you used to listen to us, and uh, we still have people, new folks finding us every single day. They go all the way back to episode one and try to get caught up to episode number 43. So help them find it. Help them install the right app on their phone. Help them hit subscribe. Even sync it up to their car for them. Because uh, that just, uh, for, for folks, and what we're finding, there's a new study out uh, from Variety. A lot of people are still new to podcasting, don't understand the mechanics. Yet. Yeah. You know what? Let's jump in right there. In fact, let's talk about podcasting. We're also going to talk a little bit about eggnog because a lot of us have had a lot of eggnog this week. And a little bit later, I'm going to share something with you. I, I, I had a very disturbing phone call a couple Saturdays ago. Very disturbing. And after I got this phone call, I stayed up all night. In fact, I didn't sleep for days. And then I started getting really angry about this phone call. And I want to share with you uh, some things about this phone call and what I've decided to do about it. Hmm. As we head into 2020. So that's coming up before we get out of here today on episode number 43. Let's talk about the rise of the podcast here a little bit because I have people that come up to me all the time and they're like, ah, uh, you're not broadcasting anymore. And I say, well, we are broadcasting. We're broadcasting on a podcast. In fact, some of our great advertisers like Les Schwab, uh, they have decided to follow us and sponsor our podcast. And I know they still do a lot of great work on terrestrial radio, but they're beginning to sponsor podcasts too. And there's a lot of advertisers out there that are interested in podcasts. The reason they're interested in it, people that, that seek you out, that have to find you, that come and look for you, uh, they are, in radio, we call it P1s, primary listeners. And in podcasting, sometimes your audience is a bit smaller, but people are so loyal. You think of Joe Rogan, for instance, and his podcast, or you think of Adam Carolla. You talk to people, or you go to an event that they're having, and their fans are out of their stinking minds. I have never seen anything like it. They are so loyal, and they feel so connected. And Adam Carolla figured out years ago. He said, you know what? I'm leaving Terrestrial Radio. He could have a job in Terrestrial Radio today. He said, I'm heading to podcasting. Joe Rogan, same thing. One of the most listened-to podcasts in the nation. And it seems like podcasting, Ron, is beginning to catch on. Younger generation, they listen to podcasts. They're comfortable with it. But people that are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, yeah, a lot of times when they look at me, they're like, well, you're not broadcasting anymore. I was like, well, we're on a podcast. They're like, yeah, but you're not broadcasting anymore because to me, I don't even know how to find a podcast. I've never listened to one, so, yeah, so Variety- it, may as, it may as well be that you're not broadcasting it anymore. Yeah, so, so Variety.com uh, did a study. This is a, just a media sort of industry in news thing, and what they found is that there's an acceleration right now uh, in podcasting. 90 million people in America, that's uh, like almost a third of the entire population, and you got to think you're, you're counting 
counting children and elderly folks and everything in that number. So a third of adults or a third of people in America, children and adults, listen to podcasts uh, monthly. That's up 23% from 2018. So that type of growth is really huge. And so that's accelerating. And so a 40% of those listeners, though, are between 12 and 24, and only 17% are older than 55. And so what you what you see here is that there's going to be a lot more room for growth in the older demographics in the same way that, you know, when Facebook first, the social networks first caught on, it was almost exclusively younger people. And then the younger people always jump to the new thing. And so younger people went from MySpace to Facebook to Twitter. Then they go to Snapchat and Instagram and now they're on TikTok. And, and so the, the new, the new generation keeps trying to find the new thing, new thing, new thing. And then the growth that you see in like a Facebook is now, if you ask a 12 year old, they're like, ah, Facebook's for old people. Uh, they don't see that. They're like, I'm going to be over on TikTok. I'm going to be on, uh, on some other uh, social media platform. And so same thing, sort of the, the growth trend you're seeing in podcasting. Here's the thing that I find super interesting uh, is the amount of money that big companies and tech companies are now investing here. Spotify spent $400 million last year on acquiring things in the podcast space, including they bought Gimlet Media, which was a company in New York that was founded by a former guy from This American Life. And they spend a huge amount of money to acquire that company that makes really good podcasts. Uh, and that, that I found to be very cool. You're also going to see a huge battle uh, for Apple's dominance. So Apple right now, and it's almost exactly our statistics on the Ron and Don show. Apple has 63% of the podcasting market share in America. That's like I said, almost exactly what ours is, maybe a little bit higher. And right now though, Spotify, uh, which we sponsor, sponsors the Ron and Don show. They're going after this market share uh, really uh, hard. They're like trying to acquire more stuff. And so it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, the other thing that they find is that 49% of people, so nearly half on their favorite podcast, if they need to make a purchase in their favorite podcast advertises something in that space. So let's say you need to buy a mattress and you have a favorite podcast and they advertise a mattress, you will deliberately seek out that company that advertises on your favorite podcast. So for us, we've had people, it's like, I love Ron and Don. I needed two new tires anyway. So I went to Les Schwab and they, they email me and they talk to people at Les Schwab. I had to get chains. I needed to buy them somewhere. And so I like the Ron and Don show. I'm going to go to Les Schwab. And so half of people, which is an amazing statistic to have nearly half of listeners uh, to do that. And then the other thing, I just got invited to go speak to a high school in January about podcasting is that so you have these highly polished shows, but I, I was listening to some folks that say virtually anyone, um, it's a good exercise to do a podcast, even if you're a high schooler, a, a small business owner, if you just work in an office somewhere, you're a construction guy, the exercise itself of being consistent, of keeping your mind active, of talking, of trying to connect with an audience and a community is, is just good for you. And so even if you're like, oh, I could never speak, I'm, have, I'm socially anxious, it's probably even better for you yeah. to like, it gives you an opportunity. Um, I've heard a lot of people go, I started a podcast and I'm interested in whatever. And so it gives me, I'm a, I have a book club. 
I, I can, you can now reach out to your favorite author and just go, would you come on my podcast? And even if they say no, mm. the whole, this, the routine of creating content, the routine of reaching out to other people, the routine of talking into a microphone, it is good for you. It builds community. And even if you get a hundred listeners, a hundred people's a big deal. That is Imagine if yeah. you were in a restaurant and a hundred people showed up. That would be an incredible party. So a lot of times people go, oh, well, Joe Rogan gets millions of spins every week. Uh, I, I only get 100. A 100 people listening is, is an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, that is an incredible accomplishment. In fact, uh, the Ron and Don Show, this is episode number 43. This thing has been spun almost 200,000 times down. And that is thanks to you. Because we continue to broadcast. Because we have great sponsors like Spotify. The Ron and Don Show, brought to you by Windermere, and also our good friends at uh, Le Schwab, who are sponsoring uh, today's show. So we're grateful for that. And I think you're going to see as more advertisers jump out and they say, hey, we're going to go after these loyal audiences in podcast land. A lot of them are leaving uh, Trustor Radio and other markets. Because sometimes in Trustor Radio, you have to sit through 12 minutes of spots, and people don't have to sit through 12 minutes of spots anymore. And it used to be the podcasts were just horrible. The content now, and I have to give NPR a lot of credit for this, because a lot of their great hosts have gone off into podcast land, and they have done just an incredible, incredible, incredible job. Shows like I mean, a serial, yeah, and, and, and great at their presentation. And then, and then you have great interviewers, people like Joe Rogan that will sit down. He did an interview I listened to the other the other day with Stephen Tyler. Stephen Tyler now seventy two years old from Aerosmith. He got things out of Steven Tyler that I only thought Howard Stern could do, right? Because Howard Stern is a great interviewer. You think he's just some shock jock. He is a great interviewer, and we're finding out that there's people out there like Joe Rogan that can really interview, too. So, hey, uh, don't go anywhere. We'll come back in one minute. Uh, We have figured out the mystery of eggnog, because chances are this week you've had a lot of eggnog. You're probably tired of the eggnog. My grandfather said if you don't put brandy an eggnog, you're going to ruin it. So there I was at 11 years old putting brandy in my eggnog. That explains a lot of things. And then also, a uh, something that I am not going to take into 2020, I've decided I got a few uh, phone call a few Saturdays ago that really jolted me, really jolted, and really made me angry, really pissed me off. And in a way, I felt righteously so to be angry. And then I had to ask myself, is this anger serving me right now? And I'm going to take this anger into 2020 because it seemed like I was. <laughs> I'm going to try to not to take it into 2020 with me, and I'll tell you how. Uh, and I bet you'll relate to it. We'll talk about that before we get out of here. It's the Ron and Don Show. Episode number 43. Hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate you guys listening the day after Christmas right here on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ready for a great 2020? Take Ron and Don with you. Just hit subscribe and get the show delivered to you every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Hey, Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. Don, the other day I was uh, driving out by Gold Bar. I hit a little patch and my wheels just started spinning. I'm like, what? This is not like six inches of snow. What is going on? I know that you changed out your tires recently. You're getting much more traction with the Les Schwab tires. I'm thinking maybe I should just drive into my Les Schwab and say, tell me about these because I was spinning out like I'm on six inches of ice. Yeah, they have their own uh, custom tire line right now. And you stop by and just say, hey, I heard Ron and Don talking about this on the podcast. You guys have your own tires now. And the thing that I love about their tires, if you don't love them, you can just 
return them, and you can drive on these tires for weeks and just say, hey, I don't like these tires, bring them back, and they will make sure that they put some tires on that you love. I don't think you're going to return them, though. I haven't returned mine. Stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. How do you find one? LesSchwab.com. That's LesSchwab.com. And don't forget to ask for the Les Schwab Best Tire Value Promise. It just means for the life of the tire, everything is free. All right? LesSchwab.com. Let's say it together. Doing the right thing. It matters this holiday season. Hey, are you ready to sit down with Ron and Don? Start your real estate journey? Reach out to Ron. Just write him ron at windermere.com. All right, Ron and Don Show, episode number uh, 43. Thanks for hitting that subscribe button. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Lush Law for sponsoring today's show. They heard your plea. Now you got three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don Show this week as we head into uh, 2020. Eggnog. It's the most controversial of all Christmas, I got to tell you, man, I love eggnog. I only allow myself one eggnog latte. Uh, as soon as they come out in Starbucks, I have one because I love them so much, and I would drink them every day. And then also, I love eggnog with brandy. It's something that my grandfather from Mississippi, uh, we started doing when we were kids, drinking eggnog and brandy. He did not believe uh, that even children uh, should have eggnog without brandy in it. So you always, I like your grandpa. He would spike the eggnog <laughs> a little bit. So eggnog without brandy, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but all the eggnog I've had this year so far, one eggnog latte, and then uh, that's it for me until uh, 2020 of next year. You like a good eggnog uh, latte, don't you? I do, but it, it's it's weird. I try, I, I'm, I've scaled way back. I haven't even had one yet this year. Oh, good for because, you. Because uh, it's it's like, like you said, once you have one, oh. then you start thinking about them. And I know it's just sugar and cream and eggs. And a little nutmeg. And a little nutmeg. And, and in so, my case, uh, when I was 11, a little brandy. So there's a woman for Vox.com named Melinda Foucade who says uh, she did a super deep dive on eggnog. It's really fascinating. Right. Her journey started with she has a gag reflex about the thought of drinking an egg. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I can eat scrambled eggs. That's yeah. fine. A poached egg, no problem. A raw egg as a beverage makes her just go, Ugh. Yeah. And so she's like, this sounds like a cake recipe where you have eggs and heavy cream and sugar. It's like, sounds like we're making a baked good. Not that I'm going to drink this thing. So she's like, what's the fascination with this? Where did it come from? And so she went all the way back to like the 1700s and tried to figure out, first off, just the word nog. She's like, what, what's a nog? Mm. Like, do you even know, like, what is a nog? What so, is a nog? Yeah. So nog was a cup. Okay. And back in the 17th. So she's like, it's probably came in this specific cup, and mm-hmm. it was a nog cup, yeah. and someone saw them crack an egg in it, and then they called it eggnog. Or there was a concept called noggin, which was a, a type of serving mug. So again, it was probably that. And then she's like, it's just weird. And so the, the thing that she came up with, which I find interesting, most likely this was a beverage where you could show off. So back in the day, eggs, cream, and sugar... And then an alcohol like a brandy or rum, all were expensive. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it was not in, in, unless you had your own chickens. Uh, you know, eggs were something that was it wasn't easy to come. So by. this was a status uh, drink. It was a status sugar, especially. Okay. So if you lived in Europe, 
Just think about how difficult it would be to get sugar. Mm. So sugar cane, uh, they did make sugar from beets for a while. It was a very laborious process. So it wasn't like you could go down to the local Trader Joe's in in 1700s and buy a bag of sugar. So if you had sugar, that was a status symbol. Now, if you had rum, same thing. Rum was derived from sugar from the Caribbean. So if you had rum or you had brandy or you had whiskey and you had sugar and it was the holidays and family was over to show off off you would make eggnog and you couldn't get that at the trader joe's in the 1700s either you had to go to safeway or kiff so, correct right? exactly okay. that's what I thought. Uh, and so that was the, the first thing and then uh what they discovered is some people were getting sick from salmonella oh boy and so some genius person was like but i like my eggnog a lot mm. how do i not get sick brandy and they figured out if you put alcohol <laughs> in there that it kills off. See, my grandfather knew that. Salmonella. He was a medicine man. Right. Little, now, did, little did we know he saved my life when right. I was 11. Modern <laughs> Thank era. You. Thank you, Grandpa Charlie. We have pasteurized eggs, but back in the day, you had unpasteurized eggs. Oh, and God. so it was, and you had to put enough alcohol in there to stave off um, the, the salmonella and getting sick. Here's the thing that is uh, happening to the, the Egg Council of America, the American Egg Board. Yeah. Is we're seeing, we had $185 million in eggnog sales last year. That's 53.5 million jugs, which seems like a lot. But the, there, there's a war against dairy right now. And there is a war happening with the non-dairy beverage industry. People are just throwing cheese curds at each other People right now. People do not. Aren't they? Like, do you drink milk anymore? Like, I drink almond milk. I drink soy milk sometimes, oat milk. I do not buy. Mm. The only milk product I buy is half and half. I I haven't switched over to non. I have to have half and half of my coffee. The only time I I drink. I draw the line. I don't know what it is. I wake up every night at 2.32 in the morning, and I will have a glass of milk, and then I go back to sleep. 2%? Uh, yeah, and and then my son wonders where all the milk went for his cereal. I buy cottage cheese. And a lot of times I, 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 don't, butter. I don't remember drinking the milk in the middle of the night. It's just part of the routine. And this started a couple months ago. I get up, I it's drink the like milk. It's like a nice cold glass of milk, though. In the middle of the night. Got to have 2% nonfat. And it's the only time I drink it. The, the, the only time, and I hadn't drank milk in years, but it, it started a couple months ago. So I, I almost lost it the other day. I, I bought a, a one of the expensive cups of coffee at, at Starbucks, the roastery. Yeah. Like the $5 one. Okay. And so... I went over and I'm about to doctor up my coffee and um, I inadvertently started pouring non-fat milk into it. Oh, it's a what kind of monster right. pours non-fat milk into coffee? Nobody does because when you go to Starbucks, the the half and half is always empty. There's some guy in the 2% world. 2% is always full. And I wonder because I always, almost every day, take the half and half. And I go over to the barista and I say, hey, can we fill this thing up? And then, I, and then I put it back and everyone's lined up for the half and half. How come people don't turn in that canister? So when I walk over, there, there's a full bottle of half and half. Somewhere they're in not, the world, never, they're, there's, not there's a guy a, that always has a full thing of half and half. not even a half bottle of half and half. A quarter right? half. Yeah. Not, so even, not even that. If so. you are putting non-fat milk in your coffee, stop it. Okay. You have permission from me for the rest of your life. You're drinking... One cup of coffee, two cups of coffee. Yeah, you don't need to skimp. That that's not doing anything. What about granulated sugar? Starbucks yeah. ran out of granulated sugar to all their Starbucks uh, this week. They finally just got really? it back. Do you put granulated sugar in your? I, in your you drink? know what? On this diet that I'm on, yeah. the the low carb one, I, I it's like very low sugar. Yeah. So I do the the stevia, which I know. 
Believe me, I'm rolling my eyes with you. I get it. It's not optimal. It's not. That's why I got to have half an hour. Okay. I'm doing the stevia. Oh. So eggnog, you're showing off. Yeah. If you like eggnog, oh. you are a show off. All right. Sounds and good. then embrace the booze. That's killing the salmonella. Hey, I like to think that I'm not an angry person. I don't think I'm an angry person, and, and I think I am quick to You forget. sometimes have a, a tone issue, though, where you appear to be angrier than you are. I don't. I do, do I still have a tone? I'm, sometimes. I'm, do I? But it's, it's improved over the years. I hope so. I've been, I've been working on that, working on my tone, because I, I know that I have a tone issue, and I, I, had something, I had something happen the other day, a phone call I got a couple weeks ago, on Saturday night, 11.07 on a Saturday night. This phone call made me as angry as I've ever been in my life. I can't wait to hear as about this. As angry as I have ever been. We haven't talked about it. We haven't. Uh, I've only talked to two people about it. And I'm going to talk about it next, right here on the Ron and Don Show. Episode number 43. Hit that subscribe button and stop into a Les Schwab Tire Center and say, Hey, you guys, thank you. You heard our plea. Now we got three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don. And that's thanks in part to the men and women at Les Schwab that made sure this week, Christmas week, that every child got a toy under the tree this year in Western Washington. Thanks to them. Thanks to you. Thanks to all of us. See you in one minute right here. The Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ready for a great 2020? Take Ron and Don with you. Just hit subscribe and get the show delivered to you every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Hey, it's Ron here with Brett Clark. It is cold out here. A lot of people are getting ready for winter driving season. They should stop into Les Schwab. Absolutely, yeah. We're starting to see frost come out. And now if you, if you haven't come by to get your tires checked, if you haven't come by to have us evaluate, please come by. We have that pre-trip safety inspection. If you're doing, if you're just driving back and forth to work, if you're going over the pass for the holidays, no matter what you got, just come on by and let us take a look at that vehicle. We do that for you free of charge. It's the free pre-trip safety inspection, and we're glad to have you. The other thing is chains are not really chains anymore. When I was a kid, you had an actual chain, and now I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I'm a guy. I, go, I pulled it out of the bag there. I was like, I have no idea how to install these chains yeah absolutely they're uh, the chains that we have right now are very very easy to install we they're called the uh, les schwab quick fit chains super easy to put on they uh come by the store with those if you don't know how to put them on we can have one of our people show you otherwise there's a video that you can watch um a qr code on there a video can you watch that it'll walk you right through it but uh, most importantly super easy to put on uh two minutes you're back in the you're back in the warmth of the car and you're traveling down to grandma's house all right it's cold be safe stop by a les schwab there's 85 locations to serve you they are going to hook you up for some winter driving hey do you need some great real estate agents consider agent ron my dad agent ron yeah all right episode number 43 of the ron and don show i'm going to share something that's really personal and it's really personal to me, and at the same time, the people involved in this story. You'll never know who these people are. Let's call the main character Nor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So start over. Think about this feeling, uh, and Ron, I'm going to ask you about this feeling in a, in a minute. I want you to explore this with me. The feeling of, of anger, um, and sometimes righteous anger. Do we have the right to be angry about something? 
And sometimes we do. And anger is a real emotion. But anger is also, I'm learning, tethered to other things like anxiety. And anger can be tethered to sadness. And anger can be tethered to getting stuck. And anger can also really be tethered to never becoming the person that you want to become. And for a lot of people, sometimes anger can be directly linked uh, to depression. So this time of year is hard for me. And one of the reasons it is hard for me, and I I haven't shared this before, and I'll just share this. Uh, My little sister passed away. It'll be five years ago now, uh, next year, early next year. Uh, she was a music minister in a church, and Ron, you knew her. You were you were. I went to second grade with her. Yeah, you're best friends with my little sister Colleen, and uh, we used to play in a little band together. And she ended up marrying the guitar player uh, because you were the singer. Nobody ever marries. No, the nobody s- ever marries a singer. Nobody but, ever marries a singer. Yeah, so. we like literally had homeroom together in yeah. second grade, and that's when I, yeah. I met your whole family, and, and we're friends ever since. Very, very dear friend. Yeah, this was her favorite time of year, and she would put on this the Christmas play with her whole family, and they'd get involved. She died a number of years ago of ALS right after Christmas, and so this time of year, I really, really think about uh, Colleen, and I really miss her, and I bet for you. There are people that you miss this time of year, too. Believe it or not, I have some great Christmas memories of my father. And even though my father left when I was young, I I think of him and I miss him. I miss my grandpa, Charlie. I miss my uh, grandma, Caroline. I I miss them. And at the same time, I really tried to just be focused on the connections I have in my family now. This time last year, on Christmas Day, uh, I was with my mother. I was with her husband, Stanley. We were with my son. And we were providing hospice care for Stanley, and he would die uh, a couple weeks later after Christmas. So I think about that, and at the same time, not in a sad way, uh, in a good way, because I was glad that my son and I were able to be there for Grandpa Stanley, and we were able to be there uh, for my mom. So anyway, um, I spent a lot of time as we're heading into 2020 uh, reflecting. Have you been thinking about reflections uh, at all? Uh, a little bit. Like I have a memorial coming up in, in Oakland, California uh, between Christmas and New Year's that I'm going to be heading down for. My my birth mother died earlier this year and they, for some, I don't really know why, but they postponed the memorial till now. And so doing some re- reflecting on that. I'm, I'm trying to keep it uh, in a festive mood though. To be honest, I'm like deliberately trying to be festive because I know this is going to be sad. Yeah. Uh, and um, so I've been sort of keeping it at bay until I actually get there in person. Yeah. What do you do, what do, you do with, the, with the emotion of anger? And then I'll, I'll tell you uh, briefly what happened a couple Saturdays ago that got me so angry. What do you what do, you do with that emotion? Uh, lately, I've just been trying to lean into stuff. When things, when things happen where I get a rise where, in whatever emotion is to lean, lean into it. Instead, and then most of the time it dissipates faster for me if I just lean into it than if it just sort of acknowledge it and go, wow, I, I try to pay attention to the physical sensation. So what I notice is when I get angry, the back of my neck heats up uh, and I clench my fist and my shoulders go up. So when I feel those things in my body, I'm like, oh, like <laughs> this is what anger feels like. And I just try to lean into it, experience it. Uh, don't try to push it away or push it down. Just let it happen. And then if I acknowledge it, it lasts less length of time than if I'm like, no, 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 no don't feel that. And then it rears up again. Oh, no, 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 push it down. Like it's, So if I push it down or try to uh, manipulate it in some way, it keeps coming back. And if I just go, okay, this is what we're going through right now, uh, it seems to go away quicker. Yeah. A, a number of years ago, it was January 20th, and it was 2018. So this year will be two years. Uh, and I'll just share this with you. I haven't shared this before. I made a phone call. 
uh, one night when I'd been drinking. And I sent some text messages one night when I was drinking to someone that I really loved and cared about. They say that you love three people in your lifetime, and this is certainly uh, someone that I loved in that way. And I woke up the next day, and this person told me about the phone calls I had made, what I had said, and then they wrote me a beautiful letter. They wrote me a beautiful letter and just said, you know what, you need to explore your relationship with drinking. You need to explore your relationship uh, with alcohol. And the other thing that they did is they forgave me full stop, just forgave me. And that's when I decided that I would go on this journey, Uh, this journey for almost the last two years of not drinking. In that journey, I have failed four times. I have drank four times. Um, Not for days or weeks on end, but I've drank. I've failed four times. But more often than not, um, there's many days where I have prevailed in the last two years on that journey. But they say that when it comes to recovering, it's not a straight line. And uh, it hasn't always been a straight line for me. It's been hard. It's been tough. And at times, uh, a very lonely, a very lonely journey. But a very fulfilling journey. Because then you get to show up and be present. Two Saturdays ago, I got a phone call 11.07 at night. And it was from this person that forgave me two years ago. And it was from this person and someone that they're currently dating. And they were inebriated and they called me. What happened in that phone call, the things that were said, the things that were texted to me. Uh, and I had not been drinking that night uh, were painful. And I'm not going to share what was said. Um, But it was very, very painful. And it was very, very hard. And I was very, very sad. And I didn't sleep that night. I didn't sleep for a number of days. And then my sadness turned into real anger. Really angry. So angry. As angry as I have ever been. And I went and I talked to uh, one of my mentors that has helped me throughout the past couple of years. And we talked about the anger and we talked about feeling that anger and that it's okay to feel anger. It's okay to be angry. But if you stay tethered to that anger, it will destroy you, is what he told me. And I could begin to feel that as I was mourning the loss of my sister and Stanley last year and begin to feel sorry for myself and then this this phone call. And then he asked me, he's like, have you ever made a phone call like that? I'm like, yeah, you know I made a phone call like that, a phone call I don't remember two years ago. And he said, what happened as a result of that? I said some really great things that sent me on a great journey. And he told me this, and I'll never forget this. He said, sometimes the things that cause you the most pain, when you lean into those, they they end up changing you the most. I used to do this little run every day around Discovery Park, and 
here in Seattle, and there's a lookout point, a fire lookout point, and I stop there daily, and I sit on this bench, and I say a prayer. And I recommit that today I am not going to drink. Today I'm going to be the best damn father that I can be. I'm going to be the best human that I can be. Be the best brother, the best son, the best partner, best dog owner that I can be. And I leave things there on that bench. My relationship with my father over the years, I've left that there on the bench. The pain that I've felt as a result of my little sister dying, I leave on that bench. Sometimes I listen to her music when I sit on that bench. And I leave it there. And this phone call and these text messages, I had to go leave on that bench. And it's not easy because sometimes you leave something on a bench and then you go get in the car and it follows you. It's tethered to you. And you know what I'm learning? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is really about ourselves. And what's really hard is when the other side doesn't ask for forgiveness and you still have to forgive. You feel betrayed and you still have to forgive. Even if they don't ask. Because I don't want to take that bitterment, bitterness and betrayal and disappointment into 2020. This morning I sat down. We were in a, a meeting the other day with a, a group of folks at Windermere. And we went around the table and we talked about our morning routines and the things that we do. And there's a young man by the name of Corey that was there. And I asked Corey, I said, Corey, what do you do every morning? He said, you know what? I sit down and I write down the three things that I'm most grateful for. And I did that the other day. I wrote down the three things, just like Corey, I was most grateful for. And I wrote down the names of these people that call me. And I chose in that moment that I am going to walk in forgiveness and that I'm going to be grateful for them and grateful for that phone call in the same way I'm grateful for the phone call that I made two years ago because it set me on a different path of becoming the man and the human that I want to be. I'm not going to allow this anger to control me or take this into 2020. I'm just not. I'm going to leave it on that bench in Discovery Park. A couple things I read to myself when I sit on that bench. And one of the things I'll share with you now is that when it comes to forgiveness, when we forgive, when we forgive each other, when we forgive people that we feel like have betrayed us, we forgive family members. And you probably had to do that during the holidays as you sat down with family members that sometimes, even though you're 40 now, they can take you right back to being nine years old. Forgiveness is something that allows us to step into the present and not be anchored to the past. 
I'm going to head into 2020 with forgiveness in my heart. I'm going to head into 2020 and ask myself, what was my part in that? What was my part in that phone call two years ago? And what was my part in that phone call two weeks ago? And you know what you find out? You have a part. I'm not going to worry about what's on their side of the street because I need to clean my own side of the street. And in doing so, I'm going to forgive myself and forgive them and not be tethered to the pain and to the anger and to really release it and let it go as we head into 2020. I hope you got a spot. hope you got a place where you can go, sit. And that as we head into 2020 in this new decade that you're becoming the human that you want to become. And a lot of times it's about forgiving and letting go and not being anchored to the past. And forgiving yourself for a phone call that you made two years ago that you're not super proud of. And a phone call that you received two weeks ago. And thanking God that in that moment when you got that phone call two weeks ago that you were sober. And that you were able to handle that. And I have to say, I handled it beautifully. I did. We don't have to be anchored to it. Let it go. It's the Ron and Don Show. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.